Hi. Okay. Hi. Okay. Hi, everyone. Um, welcome to another episode of Gen Z Voice. And today I have another um, very special guest, Yasmin. Um, um, she recently graduated from Columbia University where she earned her bachelor's in political science, and she is passionate about voter um, education, diversity, and community engagement. So thank you so much for being here. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, so on our first day, you know, how are you holding up during the pandemic? Uh, That's a really good question. (laughs) Honestly, just trying to find the positive things in every day and that's kind of what's getting me through it a lot of like meditation and yoga and different wellness practices that don't take away the blow of this awful year and past couple months but definitely make it a little bit easier (laughs) yeah um can you uh please tell me a little bit um about you to discovering your passion for activism uh, what led me to discovering my passion for activism? Yeah. No, your journey growing up. Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, so honestly, I think it all started, and this is kind of funny to say, but with like debate class in high school. So we used to essentially like pretend to be like members of Congress and like advocate for bills and policies that we believe in. So I spent a lot of hours being a nerd and essentially like researching all these different policy issues. And just from that experience, it kind of got me interested in government and politics. And from that point on, I knew I was going to be a political science major and that I was interested Mm -hmm. in making change. Actually, one of my very first civic engagement projects was a voter registration drive at my high school, where I essentially went around to all the different classes and just like begged my friends to register to vote and like handed out candy and it was super simple, but it was stuff like that that got me really passionate about the power that young people especially have to like really make a change, even if it's only within our own peer group. So I would say those experiences and different experiments really helped uh, to get me involved and like foster my passion for helping others and also helping to ignite the vote and all of that. Yeah, I think that's really cool. You know how, you know, you started from a young age and you know, that's very, you know, good. Um, also, you know, how do you balance, you know, being an analyst, you know, and working on these important issues, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so honestly, I was struggling with that for a bit, like trying to achieve a balance. What seems to have worked for me, honestly, is just scheduling out everything in my calendar. And I'm also very much addicted to my new planner that I've actually got as a gift from Ignite National. So shout out to them. And I just write down, I'm a big fan of like to-do lists and checking things off and obsessively using my gcal and all of that and something Uh else that makes me a little bit more productive is i always choose like a certain like day of the week or a time of the day to really just like unwind and unplug from everything and i think just that aspect of like mental wellness and like unplugging myself allows me to have enough energy to kind of take on all my other tasks so that's like a really big part of like my routine Mm -hmm. yeah and just you know just leading into that uh My next question is, you know, how did you get involved with Ignite and, you know, what is your role there? Yeah. So at Ignite, I am the Miami Fellow. And for people who don't know about Ignite, Ignite National is a nonprofit that works to really like engage and empower young women, specifically in college and recent grads, to not only run for office, but also to create like political change in their community. 
And I really honestly applied like last minute, almost on a whim. So over the summer, I was working for a political campaign here in my um, local county, Broward County. And I was one of the program facilitators and I helped to manage a group of interns and I was phone banking and canvassing and really just getting involved with the local political project like process. And while I was doing all of these tasks, um, every time I would call someone, I realized that they had no idea that these local elections were happening. And for the most part, a lot of these people that weren't aware were people my age. And so that kind of like struck me because people don't realize how much of an impact local politicians have on their daily lives. And so after that, I was really looking for programs that would allow me to like explore my passion for local projects, local voting and local politicians and civic engagement. And I stumbled upon Ignite and I saw that it was specific to the South Florida area and it seemed like it really aligned with my goals. So I was like, why not? And I was lucky enough that they accepted me and now I get to spend an entire year focused on getting people involved in local politics and voting and civic engagement. So it really worked out. Right. And also, um, you know, I heard, you know, that Ignite, it's focused on empowering women. So can you kind of tell me how they're kind of trying to, you know, you know, make women be able to be able to go into these leadership positions. Yeah. So a real big part of it, honestly, is just representation. So like a really fun part of my role as an Ignite fellow is that not only do I start many Ignite chapters on campuses, but I help to connect these Ignite chapter leaders to women in their community that are doing amazing things. Like right now, actually a week from now, we have an event with a state representative from the Orlando area. Uh, her name is Anna Escamani. And she's really popular, mm -hmm. um, especially in Florida politics. So it's really awesome to get the chance to connect these women to other women who are doing amazing things in the political arena. And they're able to ask these women questions and ask for advice. And that level of representation really inspires, I would say, people to get involved into politics, specifically women, just to see someone that looks like you doing all of these amazing things. And we also host different um, training sessions. So Ignite has something called Run Now where they essentially, it's like a month or two of training on how to actually run for office and how to campaign. And it's really cool because a lot of the alums of this program have actually recently run for office and they won, which is amazing. Uh, so it's like a whole batch of things, I would say that Ignite is able to do, just hosting events, hosting different trainings, and also just connecting like-minded women who inspire each other. So it's a really great process. Yeah, yeah that's amazing. And, you know, just like, you know, just that's creating a lot of like positivity, you know, just for future generations. And um, also, you know, this is kind of, you know, relating to that, but like, you know, I think, you know, across the country, you know, there's a political divide, right? And kind of like, what has your experiences been like, you know, looking at how politics, you know, is, has shaped Florida, you know, where you're from? Mm -hmm. And so I would say, and I'm going to speak specifically to my role at Ignite, uh, because we are nonpartisan, right. I'm like, in a really like interesting position where I'm not like, recruiting anyone from any particular party, which has been kind of an mm -hmm. interesting experience, because as you know, now people are really hyper partisan, and for the most part, not as undecided as they were in the past, everyone seems to kind of stay within their own political silos. And that's been a bit of a challenge for me, in a sense, because it's hard because part of our mission is to invite women who are interested in politics, but we want people to have those types of conversations 
across like party lines and not feel uncomfortable. And we want to make sure it's like an open space so that women can actually learn. And so what a lot of the times it comes down to is just whenever I have an event, we always establish like ground rules and we make sure that we have a moderator to like moderate the discussion. And we try to keep the questions as leveled and even as possible. But we still make sure that we have fruitful discussion because at the end of the day, I think the best way to become either more certain of your beliefs or question your beliefs is just to hear from the other side and to really get that conversation going. So I see my role in Ignite as a conversation like facilitator of some sorts and just making sure that everyone is able um, to speak and be respected in that space. Mm -hmm, For sure. And, you know, you know, as your role, you know, at Ignite and just like wherever, you know, you, you know, you focus your time, like, what have you learned from, you know, relational organizing and community engagement? Mm-hmm. Oh, I really like that question, because I have like a whole list of things uh, <laughs> that I've learned and mistakes that I've made along the way. I would say my leadership style has really, really changed <laughs> uh, since starting this position. And especially it was impacted by the pandemic because we're kind of in this strange space where people are dealing with so much unemployment, health issues, um, recent deaths in the family. So when I'm organizing, I'm always keeping in mind like the context of each person's like personal situation. And I take more of, Mm -hmm. I call it leading with empathy. So someone might not get back to me right away. And originally my instant reaction is to kind of feel like hurt or offended, like, oh, are they not interested? And now I've learned to kind of sit back and I'm like, what could what is possibly happening in their life at the moment and why could there be a delay? And there are like a myriad of reasons as to why that could be the case. So I've learned to lead with empathy, also center wellness, even for my own college chapters. uh, I make sure that we have like bonding events and icebreakers and just things to kind of help us get through the year in one piece, (laughs) so to speak. So I would just, yeah, definitely in summary, centering empathy and centering wellness. And that's something that I'll take with me even after this pandemic and virtual remote situation is over. Right. Um, you know, and also like, you know, cause you know, you spend a lot of time in, you know, the commi- community and all, um, are there any like moments you remember engaging with other members or any stories that you have? Yeah, that's a really great question. I would say like my fondest memories so far, I uh, would have to be, we had a college council event And we were able to basically connect all these young women in Miami, Atlanta, and Raleigh, North Carolina, um, to different female representatives and campaigners uh, that were working on previous cycles. And that was just such an amazing moment. It was like the culmination of everything that we've worked for. We had about like 50 plus college students on the call, which is really hard to do during a pandemic. It's always hard to advertise for Zoom calls. So that was just amazing all on its own. And what really struck me is just how authentic the conversations were and how everyone just seemed, I mean, I was even inspired by all of the speakers and it was just amazing hearing their journeys and all the tribulations that they had to go through uh, to run for office and to really like believe in themselves. And a really exciting moment for me is after the event finished, one of the elected officials that we had invited uh, posted on her Instagram story that that conversation really changed the course of her day and that she was feeling a bit pessimistic about politics. But after meeting the Ignite women, it like lifted her spirits. And that was Mm -hmm. just amazing to hear because that's really what our mission is, is just to make, just to inspire women and also to create a positive space. So that was just really amazing. Mm -hmm. And um, I guess, you know, also, you know, during this pandemic, do you think that 
um, you've seen like a greater increase in uh, in in, the, in um, engagement. You think? Do you think something like even though like what's happening is horrible, you think you know there's an increase in getting people you know to vote or? Yeah, I would definitely say that uh, for many reasons. The first. Uh, right. When over the summer, I think I mentioned this, I worked on a political campaign for Broward Supervisor of Elections. And originally, like before COVID kind of messed up everything, uh, there were only 10 other uh, like younger interns or people around my age, like 18 to 25, I would say. Uh, but because of the fact that everything is remote now, it, the program grew from 10 to like 96 interns at one point, which is like absolutely amazing. Wow. Yeah, it just kept growing and growing because being remote actually allows for a lot more people to participate and you no longer have to be in a location to help organize to, in one set physical location to help organize for a candidate. So I would say just off of that alone, I can see the difference. And even when we look at the numbers from the past election, actually Ignite just did a report on this. We see that the youth, like youth voter turnout actually increased by a lot. I don't know the exact percentage, but I would say the remote right. nature of everything now has made it a lot easier for people to connect. And also just social media in general, like there are so many new like social media blogs popping up or like podcasts right. like yours that are making it really easy for people my age and our age to stay involved. So it's pretty exciting. <laughs> and I hope the trend right. continues. Yeah, I think there's so much positivity. Um, and, you know, I think a lot of times, you know, people kind of think politics and when they hear it you know they feel like oh why why this right and so how do you keep yourself motivated and not burn out mm -hmm. that is a very good question because there are some times where I feel frustrated or I and I think a lot of people get this feeling this feeling of like am I actually doing enough or am I making an impact in my community and that's something mm -hmm. that always kind of like burdens me a little bit because I'm quite harsh on myself especially when things don't go well or if I have an event and like only two people show up and I'm like, did I do what I was supposed to? Or am I, you know, doing my best as an organizer? And honestly, something that keeps me going is just like the amazing women that I work for. I'm really fortunate right. to work in a very supportive work environment with the women of Ignite National. And we check in with each other and we have bonding calls and random like book clubs and meetups. Wow. And actually we have a retreat uh, this weekend and we're going to do like, guided yoga together so I would say just those personal connections that I have with like the organizers changer like change makers and leaders in my community have really helped me stay positive during these times and I'm really grateful that I have that community of strong empowered women to kind of keep me through it and like remind me whenever I'm feeling down that like I am making a difference and I am trying my best and that's all I can do at the moment uh-huh Right. Um, and also, you know, I guess, like, you know, representation is so important. And, you know, how have you, you know, navigated, you know, the space as a woman of color? Mm -hmm. And I love that you asked that question, by the way, because representation and diversity is something that I would say has always been important to me. Uh, when I started in university, that's something that I noticed, like, right off the bat, is I would go to a lot of professional spaces and there weren't a lot of women that looked like me. And it made me feel really mm -hmm. self-conscious and kind of put me, it's like this feeling of like imposter syndrome. I felt as if I wasn't right. supposed to be there. Um, and during that time is when I actually decided to start that a society on my campus. And it's called Columbia University Black Pre-Professional Society. And it essentially helps connect 
uh, people of color with different mentors around the city in different companies and to kind of help them get mentorship right. opportunities and networking opportunities. And I would say it's through that that I recognize that we have a long way to go in diversity and inclusion. Right. But I'm interested in being part of the work. And so now whenever I enter a space, I'm always mindful of the fact that one, I want to make it as diverse as possible. So I'll always suggest ways that we can find uh, new people to join the team that really mm -hmm. like reflect the diversity of our area. And that's something that I'm always constantly advocating for in every position that I'm in, because it's important that we have people that look like us in these positions. And that can only happen when we actually recruit people of color to join programs like Ignite. Um, so that's right. And that's, you know, that's amazing. And, you know, like, being able to say like, hey, you know, there are other people who look like me, you know, especially now in politics, you know, you see Cori Bush and you see, you know, AOC and all these amazing people. So I think it's just, yeah, I mean, it needs to change. And I just wanted to say, you know, what you, you know, you started the, um, you know, the uh, Columbia University Black Pre-Professional Society. And can you just kind of explain more about that? Like, how did it come about? And, you know, just the experiences? Yeah. So it honestly started because I don't even remember what networking event I was attending at the time, but it was some networking event, I'm sure, for a large company. And I noticed that I was the only woman of color in that room. And I just remember feeling so uncomfortable in that moment. Um, and I was kind of like almost scared to speak because I just kept looking around the room and I just felt very out of place. Like everyone looked the same and I was like the odd mm -hmm. woman out. Um, and it was from that experience that I was kind of determined um, to one, to not feel as uncomfortable as I was in that position again. But also it had me wondering like, what are other people of color experiencing? Like when they're in these spaces, like how do they feel? So I actually started like a survey on campus and I sent it out to a couple of my friends and just kind of like ask them, like, how do you feel when you're in networking spaces? What are your experiences? What do you feel that you need help with? And I got an overwhelming number of responses. And after that, I actually had a, I call it a design your club session, <laughs> because I knew I wanted to start an organization, but I just wasn't sure what I would focus on. And I was able yeah. to basically have a discussion session with a lot of the people that I had previously surveyed, and they all echoed the same thing, which is like, the lack of representation is an issue, like lack of inclusion, or they're not exactly sure how to get connected to resources. So it was through that meeting and all the surveys that Columbia University Black Pre-Professional Society was born. It was just born out of the need to create a safe space where people of color could connect with one another and with professionals that look like them. Yeah, I just, I just, like, when I hear that, I just think, you know, that's so amazing, you know, just like what it does, you know, and connects people. And it's just, wow. I mean, that's amazing. And I think there needs to be that organization everywhere, you know, in every field. Um, so uh, my next question is, um, I guess, like, you know, what advice do you have, you know, for other young women who are passionate, you know, and who want to become active in their communities, but don't know how? Yeah, I love that question. Uh, because there are so many ways that you can get involved. Um, honestly, I got my start, like my real first start working on a campaign over the summer, simply by mm -hmm. Instagram DMing the candidate, <laughs> which is something that most people oh. wouldn't think of doing. 
But I was like, why not? And I just sent him a DM and I expressed interest in the campaign and that I wanted to volunteer and help out. And it could be something as simple as that. And I know it seems scary, but you'd be surprised, especially if you're interested in campaign work. A lot of these candidates need all the help they can get. Like they need people to canvas. They need people to right. operate their TikTok account or their Instagram. And especially as like young Gen Zers, like we have more insight than you would think when it comes to like social media. So we can really contribute to campaigns in a really large way. So that's the first way that you can help. I'd also recommend just joining local organizations in your community. Uh, lately, I, I'm in Broward County, so I just joined uh, right. Broward Young Democrats and I attend meetings every now and then. And even if you're not actively participating, just listening to what these community leaders are saying and the issues that they're talking about can kind of give you an idea of how to move forward. So I would definitely recommend looking into like different community orgs. And I would say like the third way to get involved is honestly to follow people that really inspire you. I go out of my way to make sure that on Instagram, I'm following like helpful political pages or pages like strategy for black lives or different candidates mm -hmm. in the community that I really like believe in or, or different political influencers. And they'll, a lot of the times they'll post different opportunities and events. So being connected through social media in that way can kind of allow someone to just keep an ear out for different events in the community. So sorry, mm -hmm. I rambled, but right. there are a lot of ways to be involved. No. <laughs> yes, a lot. Thank you. And so I just want to say, you know, because now, you know, the elections are over and, you know, people might think, you know, oh, like every four years, right? Like, so like now what is, uh, you know, your focus on, you know, for engagement like you know because like the big elections are over mm -hmm. i'm so i would say the big elections are over but there's still a lot of local elections happening right so i'm still very much like on the ground trying to mobilize and register voters we have a lot of elections coming up in 2022 and the preparation for that mm -hmm. actually starts early for a lot of these races um for people in new york i know their primary for mayor is coming up sometime in june uh, so there are a lot of races to keep in mind and yeah, a lot of ways to stay involved, even if we're not just waiting for the next presidential election. And me personally, yeah. I'm currently working with Ignite uh, to start something called Power to the People Miami, which is essentially an initiative that works to train young women, specifically young women of color, uh, to apply mm -hmm. for police oversight commission in Miami, uh, yeah. which is a really awesome project. So there are a lot of ways to, you know, still keep involved in the community. Yeah, um, and like what you said, that sounds like a very interesting um, project. Um, yeah, and so I just want to say, you know, once again, thank you so much, you know, Yasmin, for coming on the podcast and, and just all the work that you do. It's so inspiring. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, have a good day. You too.